Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Bring spring color inside this season with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Thinking sideways. I don't understand. Does not compute. You never know. What? Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Well, hey there, and welcome to Thinking Sideways, the podcast. I'm Steve, as always, joined by my lovely co-hosts, Joe. And Devin. He was obviously talking about Devin, not Joe. <laughs> so Joe's the lovely one. Oh, I'm the pretty one. Man. Face it. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, you know, I mean, you're not bad looking. I mean, oh. don't take it too personally. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. You're just not as pretty as me. That's true. That really went off the rails fast. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Okie doke. Well, today, uh, as always, we have another mystery to look into. And uh, unfortunately, Joe, we are not going to solve this. I'm pretty positive right off the top. You don't think so? I don't think so. Well, I don't know. I think we will. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about the Rendlesham Forest incident. Wait, the what? Rendlesham Forest incident? No, you're not saying it right. The what? I am not doing an accent. Yeah, you have to. You have to do your best English accent. My accents are terrible. I know they always start. They always end up sounding Irish or Asian, and it's awesome. No, I'm not doing yeah. it. I'm do not it. doing it. <sighs> not doing it. Okay. Well, before we get into this episode, I do want to send out a thanks to Ali who sent this in, and he sent this in months ago. And I kind of called dibs on it, but this is one of those stories that I I have to sit on for a long time because there's a lot of conflicting information. It's an unsolved mystery egg. 
<laughs> well, being a being a UFO story, it's not just conflicting information, but also a lot of a lot of stuff gets. There's a lot to of it. fantastic retellings, oh, yeah. and so it was really. Yeah. It took me a long time to kind of boil things down and and figure it out. But it's a great story, and I'm really glad it got sent in because I really enjoyed it. Once I got my head buried in and really started digging into it. Oh, so you're an ostrich. Got it. Mm. Wow. What? Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, well, our so, our story takes place in England, as Devin briefly alluded to there in the beginning with uh, her request of my terrible accents. And it's in an area called the Rendlesham Forest, which is on the east coast of England. It's, I believe, about 60 miles south of London. So it's kind of in that region. Uh, now, before we get into the story, there's a couple of details that are important to know, which is this happened in 1980, and since 1941, the United States Air Force has had an agreement with the British government, uh, and they maintain air bases in the UK. The number of air bases have fluctuated, but they've been going down for like 30 years. But at the time, the U.S. Air Force was using what they referred to as the twin bases. And those were Bentwaters and Woodbridge. They're about two miles apart. On the night of December 25th, 1980, so Christmas, which is in a couple of days, for everybody listening to this, if you listen to it when it first comes out, uh, <laughs> lights were reported in the area of Rendlesham and other places in the country. Uh, there were streaking lights in the sky. Like meteors? Uh, well, there were, the people didn't know exactly what they were at first, but they were streaking lights. That morning, the 26th of December, 1980, at about 3 o'clock in the morning, and... If you do the research on this, this is, gets a little confusing because you'll see the first incident reported as the 26th and the 27th. And we'll get into why that is here shortly. But strange lights were reported by the security patrols at the east gate of the RAF Woodbridge, which is the Royal Air Force mm -hmm. Base. Mm -hmm. Evidently, these lights were descending into Rendlesham Forest. And at first, the airmen thought that it was a downed airplane. But after they went to investigate it, they saw, and this is according to the official documents, a strange glowing object that was metallic in appearance with orange colored lights. Hmm. And as they approached the object, it moved through the trees and the animals, quote, and this is a quote, the animals in the nearby farm went into a frenzy. Hmm. So this is at 3 a.m. They go to check this out. At four o'clock in the morning, the Suffolk police are called in and they're the local jurisdiction. And they reported that the only light that they saw in the area was from the Orford Nest Lighthouse, which is five miles away. Okay. It's actually right on the coast, obviously, because mm -hmm. it's a lighthouse. Mm -hmm. And being a lighthouse, its light is meant to be seen from far, far away. Correct. Mm -hmm. Very true. In the morning, so this is in the daylight hours mm -hmm. of the 26th of December, these airmen return to the clearing where they had seen the lights, and they find these three small impressions that are in kind of a triangular pattern on the ground. 
They also reported that there were burn marks on the trees and that there were broken branches from those trees on the mm. ground. What they did is they took plaster casts of these impressions that they found That's on the ground. a good idea, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Hey, mm-hmm. this is a weird hole in the ground. Let's just take a cast Let's of it so we know what it is. Just pour some plaster in there, yeah. How yeah. yeah. deep were these impressions, by the way? They're very shallow. Very, very shallow. As a matter of fact, at like 1030 that morning, the local police came out again uh, to see these supposed impressions in the ground. And they, they were like, uh, yeah, that's totally made by a digging animal. Like a rabbit. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the rabbit yeah. is, they, they thought it was like a rabbit or something yeah. was oh. digging in the ground. So this happens. And then uh, the next day, so now we move forward to the 27th of okay. December. Okay. And this goes between the 27th and the 28th of December. A group of servicemen and their commanding officer, whose name is Lieutenant Colonel Charles Halt, they return to the site and they attempt to figure out what's going on. Because evidently the lights had come back. Mm. And so they go out to check it out. These lights were slightly different than the guys saw the first night because they were not only orange, There were white and blue lights as well. Did the guys who were out that first night go out the second night too? You know, I cannot find any description that says... So the the guys that went out on the first night, Mm -hmm. they are... um, Oh gosh, what's their names? It is uh, Peniston Mm -hmm. and Burroughs. Okay. I I, I find all kinds of information about Peniston and Burroughs on the first night. Mm -hmm. I find nothing about them the second night, so I can't say. But Halt went out with a whole troop of guys. Sure, sure. So they may have been there, but I I can't corroborate that. Okay, great. You you would think the Peniston at least would have been there. You would think that, hey, I've saw this before. You want me to go with you and and see if it's the same thing? Yeah, because of what he reports he saw, which we'll talk about a little later, I'm sure. Yeah. You'd think he'd be interested in going out and seeing it again. You would totally think so. At this point, they're out there. And this is where the confusion about the dates comes from. And this is all uh, Lieutenant Colonel Halt's fault. Mm. He evidently didn't write his report for two weeks. So when he wrote the actual official report that he turned in, people speculate that he got the dates wrong. Mm. So he said that the first incident happened on the 27th and not the 26th. Uh. So his dates. So that's why when you read it and I, I see these dates mixed up all over the place when I was researching this. Some would say it started on the 27th. Others would say it started on the 26th. So it goes Mm. back and forth. Okay. Uh. What what Halt did, though, is when he went out into the woods and he took all these guys with him, mm-hmm. he also took a bunch of equipment with him. Part of that equipment was radiation detectors mm, and smart. big floodlights. I believe they're referred to as light alls, okay. uh, mm-hmm. which I'm guessing from what I've seen and... This is the hard part. If anybody goes out and looks this up on the internet, you're going to find a bunch of videos. One of those videos is from Unsolved Mysteries, and they show these giant generator units, but they also make a lot of claims. So I don't know exactly what kind of lighting equipment they took, but they Mm. did take big lights, supposedly, with them to kind of illuminate the area to see where they were going. Okay. Their radiation detectors, when they were out there, picked up radiation in those depressions that they had spotted on the morning of the 26th. And they also found radiation on the trees that were around those depressions. Okay. 
So what Halt did, and this is a little unprecedented, but actually great for this case, mm -hmm. is he took with him a cassette recorder, that uh, a micro cassette recorder that he was talking into the whole time, recording all of the conversations. Huh, so, okay, wait, I'm sorry. But he got the dates wrong when he wrote his report two weeks later? Evidently, he didn't say the dates. Uh, I, I don't remember him saying the dates, but yeah, he screwed it up. Okay. Maybe he just didn't listen to the tape. I sure. don't know how he bungled this, okay. the date thing. But somehow he did. Yeah, got somehow it. he did. The great thing is that tape is out there, and anybody can listen to it. It's on YouTube. You can, and it's transcribed, so you can find that. I've listened to some of it. It's it's a bunch of dudes walking in the woods talking, mm -hmm. so it's it's kind of hard to follow. But he did that, which is really great. But, but was there anything significant that he say? Like, you know, well, they 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 talk and they describe as they're seeing these lights, which is interesting, and it actually comes up when we get into some of the descriptions and the theories as to what they might have been seeing. Mm. So it actually gives that one clue that we normally don't get when somebody says, "I saw this thing in the sky and it did this." You can actually hear them talking about it and saying, "I see it now. I see it now. That's there helpful. it is. There it goes. That kind of stuff." Yeah. They did have a bunch of equipment problems when they were out there, though. Uh -huh. The light alls, those big generators on wheels yeah, yeah. with the floodlights, those things kept malfunctioning. Weird. And I, I don't know how many they took, but mm -hmm. they died. Uh -huh. And they were having all kinds of issues with their radios. They were getting tons of interference and static. Wow, we get interference on work radios all the time. <laughs> yeah. Totally normal. It's, yeah. It is not unusual, yeah. But yeah, a lot of it is probably, yeah. Yeah. Where Halt eventually takes his men, leads him to the edge of the forest, uh, on the eastern edge of the forest. And in the tape, you can hear him talk about, I can see it, and I see a farmhouse below us, and there's the flashing light. So he kind of gives some descriptions of where he's going as mm. in the tape. So they're, they're on the edge of the forest, so they're basically, they eventually they're basically end out up, of the woods? They eventually end up on the edge of the woods, yes. Yeah, so the light that he sees then is not in the forest. It's off in the distance or something. Th that's one of the problems with this story mm. is you hear that the light is traveling around and through the trees just mm -hmm. up ahead. And you hear the light is off in the far distance and moving around through the trees. So it's it's an issue. Mm. Very big issue with this particular story. Yeah. It's... And I don't know what the correct answer is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Halt and his men follow the light and they follow the light for about an hour at which point they say that it, it shot up into the sky it was flying around it was sending lights to the ground and mm, then it took off mm, and just sense. zipped away sure why not yeah so uh this and this was all in his official report that he submitted well that's the great thing they're they're all in the military so they gotta write reports mm. Mm. oh yeah so they all reported this, and I, I haven't read his report. Honestly, I listened to parts of his tape, and I listened to some of his testimony that he's given over the years. He he says that it went up into the sky. He says they were following it. He he lists off during the on the tape. You can hear him talking about the radiation and calling out the levels that they're picking up, which are really small levels of radiation. But he calls these things out. So he's calling out all this stuff as he's going along, but I, I don't know exactly where he ended up, and I don't know exactly what was in his report, but he's he supposed, is supposed to have put all this in the report. 
that's the bare bones version of the story. This, as any potential UFO story, hmm. we talked about this a little bit in the beginning, yeah. grows mm-hmm. and oh. changes and evolves. Yeah. yeah, that's why I, I often steer away from UFO stories because they're just... <laughs> they're, they're hard. So yeah. They, well, yeah. That, that's part of the reason I sat on this so long is mm. I had to work through all these these variants of the story. Um, I mean, these guys, they seem to truly believe that they saw some kind of craft of unknown origin. And the Ministry of Defense, the MOD or the MOD, as people refer to it, got involved because it was on British soil. And on a base, and, a military well, base. Yeah. yeah. Well, t- technically, the jurisdiction of the U.S. Air Force ended at the gates of the base. So when they were out in the woods, they ha- they couldn't take guns or anything like that because they were on U.K. soil. So when all this happened, technically, they were on U.K. soil, not American soil. So they're the ones who have the file about the incident. Ah. And the mod has a file on the incident. And... People have pointed to the fact that the mod wouldn't disclose what was in that file as proof that something happened and tell us what happened. Uh-huh. And it's got to be real because you recorded it. And of course, you know, the mod just said, whatever. There are so many reasons to like not make that stuff public. I just don't even know. <laughs> well, you know, it might just be sheer spite or just for the fun of it, you know, if you got this file. You let them know there's a file. It's a fat little file, and, but we're not going to let you see it. Ha ha. And then uh-huh. watch them go crazy, you know? Yeah, man. The other part is that uh, the MOD works at the, the British business and government, mostly the, the British government, works at a completely different pace than what we're used to here in the States. Our, our government by no means moves fast. But the Brits move much slower than we do. And That's so amazing. that exacerbates How is that possible? It. It's because they put a very old woman in charge of it. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, okay, your majesty, it's time to sign a thing. Oh, okay, after my tea, I will. I got to play with the dogs. with the yeah. dogs. Oh, bite this very expensive glove. Yes, it's very cute. Okay. What was I supposed to do? Oh. Oh. I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. So it's the queen. Uh, sorry. Uh, to our British listeners, yes, we we apologize. I'm sorry. I apologize yeah. to everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you should. Yeah, we oh, like the queen. Sorry. Well, the thing about this, what makes this story so interesting to me is twofold. One is, like I said just before, is how it's evolved mm-hmm. and grown as mm-hmm. all of these UFO-based stories do. And then what's even crazier to me is how the stories of the individuals who were involved in it have just continued to grow and expand. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to go through two of those. Okay. I want to go through what I consider one of the most fantastical versions of this story that I found on the net. And then I want to go through some of the stuff that is put out there by one of the men involved. So the first that we're going to start with is the net. Yeah. Yeah. Aliens. Yes, absolutely. Remember we talked about the the two guys that went out on the first night? It was Penniston and Burroughs? Mm -hmm. Uh Okay. According to this story, after they chased the object through the forest, they were able to get up close with it. And they saw that it was a craft that was triangular in shape. So basically a little pyramid. Sure. Mm -hmm. It's, It's... that kind of shape. Listen, aliens. Yes, absolutely. 
they, according to this, saw small-bodied, large-headed beings suspended from the bottom of the craft by some kind of beam. So they were underneath the car working on it? Yeah, they were working on the craft, and they didn't care that these silly humans were standing around staring at them. Why should they? I mean, they've got a killer bot in their spaceship that's going to like vaporize them. Close and threatening. <laughs> yeah. More U.S. airmen arrived, and this is supposedly unofficially reported that the people who ventured close to this craft encountered strange anomalies. And, yeah. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Uh, those included mind-bending, eff- uh, reality-bending effects, excuse me. I experience those all the time. <laughs> yeah. Time displacement. That and too. And surreal atmospheric conditions. I'm experiencing that right now. <laughs> Don't even get that. <laughs> <laughs> does, does it matter? Do you have to get it? No. no. This craft supposedly appeared from a type of low-flying clouds. Low-lying cloud? Did I say flying? Yeah, you said yeah, flying. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, a low-lying cloud. It technically, a cloud is flying. So okay. I was right. I was totally yeah, right there. Okay. <laughs> uh, a low-lying cloud. And these same reports say that senior men of the group were able to approach and communicate with the aliens. But only the senior members of the group. Well, aliens understand military hierarchy. Of course. They well, understand hierarchy of all kinds. Yeah, of they're, they're, well, they're stuck up. Aliens are stuck up. They don't want to talk to a mere enlisted man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> only colonels yeah. and lieutenants. Or lieutenant colonels or, you know, dogs. Dogs? I don't know. The dogs might be in charge. You don't know. True. Cats might be in charge. You don't know. You know, that's a great thing. Uh, can, we, can we diverge for a second? An alien comes to this planet. I think we've had this conversation. Yeah. How do they know who's in charge? They may be considering this planet just rife with bright, bright minds. And they happen to be furry and sleep a lot and have tails because they think the cats are the most intelligent species on this planet. We don't know. Yeah. Well, if, they, if they observed us, they would they would notice that the cats get, you know, taken care of. You know, the people. We serve them. We serve them, yes. Yeah, so yeah. apparently, yeah, they must be in charge, right? Exactly. This is why there's so many cat videos on the internet. It's the aliens. <laughs> okay, well, back to uh, back to an, another version that I found. Uh-oh. And it says that the object that uh, Penniston and Burroughs saw, mm-hmm. it was metallic in appearance and, again, triangular in shape. That seems to be a constant, right? In this story, it is. Okay. It is in this particular story, yes. It was about two to three meters across at the base, and it illuminated the entire forest in white light and had a pulsing red light at the top and a banker, a series of blue lights on its bottom. Oh, so it was a cop car. It was basically <laughs> yeah. an alien cop Got it. Car. Okay, sure. Yeah. And, and yet another version says that on the second night, so this is the night that Halt and his men went out. A unnamed female base security officer and her partner went out to investigate the mysterious lights and they were following it in their car when the craft shot a beam of light at their vehicle, which deactivated it. No. Yeah. No. It's it's alien lojack. No. Totally shut that thing down. No. No. 
No. Oh, you're just no yeah. fun. Come on. <laughs> no, actually, the uh, there are uh, our military has is working on a, a similar thing, which is a directed EMP pulse, and so maybe that's what it was. Of course. You know, what I want to know is, did they get it towed back to the base, like the mechanics, the mechanics <laughs> and then the mechanics look at it and then determine that the electronics have been fried? Yeah. I, I, I found nothing else about that particular section, this last bit. So you're thinking it nothing. might be made up? That's not possible. No, I know. It's hard the, to believe, It's but on it's the possible. internet. It must be true. It must be true. Absolutely. Now let's go to the version of the story that is told by Penniston. Penniston and Burroughs have both over time expounded on their story, but I'm, I'm just going to focus on one of them just to try and keep this as, as close as possible because otherwise this will sprawl and just get out of hand. Hey, by the way, is there a wiki for this Penniston guy? Does he have a wiki page or not? No, there, there's no actual wiki page for him. Yeah. It's just part of the... He's just part of the, yeah. the Rendlesham Forest incident wiki in general and all mm. the other articles that you'll find out there on the net. Uh, now, again, just to back up, this is his, his full title at the time was Sergeant Jim Penniston, and he said that it was a craft of unknown origin. Which is fair. Which is fair, and he also... He he says that in his report, he wrote detailed notes about the features of the craft, and he touched its surface, and it was warm, and that surface was covered in hieroglyphics, kind of hieroglyphic shapes. Now, yeah. and now, like, like, let's get this straight. So, I the way I read the story is he had a pad and a pencil, and on the spot. And yes. they made detailed sketches yeah. and notes and everything. Uh-huh. Well, I, I mean, that I'm not concerned about that. I mean, like a little, like little pocket notebook and a pencil. Like you would have that if you were out on duty. I have a notebook and a pencil in my purse right now. I mean, I'm That's not concerned just... about like the convenience of him having a notebook. Yeah, like, I just he just happens to have a notepad with him. But, I mean, that uh, makes sense to me. I I know possible. plenty of people who just carry notepads with them. Yeah, and especially if you're in uniform and you've got lots of pockets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he supposedly did these drawings and he turned them in with his report. Okay. Which the, is in the possession of the U.S. Air Force. Oh, it's not the Brits. No, 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 no. Technically, he is still a U.S. serviceman. He still reports to the U.S. I see. So okay. they 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 maintain sure. all of it from him. Okay. Okay. Well, according to Peniston's version of it, as he and John Burroughs, that's the other guy, okay. went into the forest, mm-hmm. and there's a third airman listed in his version by the name of Edward. Cabin sag? That's how uh, I would say it. Too. I I hope that's how you say it. Uh, it could be Caban sag. Could be. Sag? I don't know. Well, it's you a... know, it's actually it's really easy because this guy disappears from the story from this point forward. Okay. Like oh. I, you never hear mention of him again. He's an alien. Yeah, thank, thank God. <laughs> Farewell, Mr. Yeah. Unpronounceable last name. <laughs> As they walk into the woods to investigate the light that they're seeing. They saw a nine foot by six foot triangular craft with swirling yellow and blue lights hovering, they say, two feet off the ground approximately. Supposedly, they could both feel static in the air. That's not weird. No, not weird at all. Uh, no, I mean, like, it's not, though. It's like, not totally unusual. Walk no. outside right now. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying. 
there but 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 their radios were malfunctioning oh. according to his his version of the the events okay so that, that is might, weird that might be related to that's it that's weird and after they observed the craft for about 10 minutes they decided that it didn't pose any threat and they decided to approach it they got close to it, and this is where they could see those hieroglyphic symbols that were mm-hmm. etched into the, the exterior of the ship. And then at some point, not too long after that, the ship suddenly emitted an explosion of light that knocked all of them off their feet. Cool. And I've seen that listed as anywhere from 5 to 10 minutes to 45 minutes. The time mm. that they were just chilling, checking it out, copying notes about it could have been anywhere from five minutes to 45 minutes. Well, didn't they say earlier that like one of the side effects of being near the craft was like time distortion? So it's possible that yeah, like they didn't go. know. That is true. It's also, po- I mean, like it's also possible that like I have a really horrible sense of time. Like if you were like, hey, how <laughs> long were you standing in the kitchen? Three o'clock in the morning. I could not tell you. You know, I could be like, well, it wasn't a half an hour probably, but it might have been. I don't know. I mean, that there are people like that. It's absolutely valid. Yeah. yeah. Peniston also claims to have seen triangular landing gear on the craft, That's which mates up with this thing where when they went into the woods in the morning mm. and they found those three tri- that triangular shaped set of impressions. Yeah, in but the I guess like I, the question I would have is like, when did he report that? Like, did he report that before the halt incident where they saw those things and he was like, oh, that's weird because I saw a landing gear that looked halt, like that. Halt is like a day later. Right, but when did this like when was that reported was that reported that was the the it was in the initial reports oh okay so because remember they went out at about three o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. the local cops come out at about four Mm -hmm. and then they go back out in the daylight morning hours and then the cops come out at 10 30 again to check out this set so this is all in that first morning of all this that's when he wrote this report correct okay and this is from that report it's not from him like later like it's not from the report it's from what he has written and said he saw because this is again this is his story and what we're hearing now is the most evolved version of his story okay great awesome so that's that's the hard part let's just remind that right because that you know for me it's like okay so like he's recalling 10 years later what he quote unquote saw and then he knows that they found these prints and it's very convenient to say Okay, well... Supposedly, he was one of the ones who found that first set of impressions. Sure, and that's, again, fair, but yeah. easy to just fold it one tiny detail from yeah. something later into your story. Conveniently. Yes. And I say that word in capitals. Mm-hmm. All of this extra information from Peniston... He recalled while under regression hypnosis no. in 1994. No. Okay. That totally makes sense. Yep. No. So no reason to uh, doubt any of that. No. <laughs> he claims that the craft that he encountered was actually, you ready? Mm. From our future mm. and not extraterrestrial. So it was human time travelers and not space aliens. We're listen, here's the the only thing I want to say is that like look at the most evolved technology that we have. Just look at it. We don't make things in triangles, okay? Like we don't. Not so yet. like, well no, we're never going to because triangles are dumb. We made uh, pyramids? No. We did back in the past. No, but... the aliens did back in the past, but I digress. 
I'm just saying. We make tubes because tubes are aerodynamic. <laughs> That's what we do. We don't make triangles. Why? Mm. So there might be some reason for making a pyramid-shaped craft. Maybe, I, I guess about maybe in the in Montauk the... project is, you know, if you make them out of what, it, what was it, special titanium or whatever it was mm-hmm. that was supposedly that pyramid underground was made out of, yeah. maybe they warp and bend the atmosphere and you could make it in whatever shape you want. I guess, want. or maybe triangles are actually more conducive to ripping holes in the space-time continuum. I guess that's uh, fair. Triangles go power, through huh? time, yeah. squares and tubes don't. That's why we're, when we don't build triangles. You're right. Okay, fine. Okay. All right, fine. <laughs> they found out. They were like, oh, actually, triangles, not great for space travel, great for time travel. Here's we'll the problem. hold on to that. Here's, here's the big problem. Oh, okay. Peniston's reports from the, re- the investigation that's been done, none of his reports support any of this. Of course not. That's right. He didn't say he'd physically contacted the craft or uh-uh. touched it or no. anything like and that. No, and Burroughs and... Cabinsog or Kamensag or however you say that guy's name. I think it's Cabinsog. That <laughs> other airman that was with them, their reports don't support this either. Now, I, I will say that Burroughs, like I said before, his story has involved, evolved mm-hmm. and it diverges from Peniston's. Mm-hmm. But they've both they've both grown over time. Okay, so and I guess there's been some there's been some flame wars between these guys about what they say they didn't and didn't see, well, which is I, funny. I, I just like to to play devil's advocate, not devil's advocate, Peniston's advocate, I guess. Uh. Um, I, you know, I think there's something to be said for your want to like appear really normal. You know, I mean, I think especially if you're an airman and you've just seen some weird stuff, like your report isn't necessarily going to be like, oh, and also they were time travelers and also there were lots of weird hieroglyphs. You are going to be like, I'm totally normal and totally cool to keep serving. Don't worry about me. This is cool. Well, in reality, do I think that's what happened? No, I don't. Actually, but, that's a that's an extremely valid point. And you know why? Why? Is when you're a low-ranking officer, you write a report that you know your superiors are going to read and not call you a nut job and yeah. not kick you out and not get you in trouble. Thank you. That yeah. is actually a known phenomenon mm-hmm. oh, yeah. in, in military structures. Yeah. But how? But when he recalled all this and he was talking about the craft and how it was from the future, mm. did he ever say how he knew it was from the future? No. Intuition. I mean. Yo. Nope. Yeah. No. There's there's nothing to explain how he knew that. Mm. We don't know. They weren't aliens. I think like that's part of it, right? It's they not... looked totally human, but it was a. Technology that you'd never seen before, so eh, therefore it must be from the future. Uh, I guess so. But it, so, isn't he also the one that said that it was they were people with tiny little bodies and huge heads? No, 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 no. That, that, that is what, that one. is the fantastical internet version that I found. Ah, okay. My favoriteest one on the internet that had the great illustrations of. The, the this triangular craft shooting little starlight beams out of it, mm-hmm. and it was also on a black background. There's illustrations. The, there was on this oh, one. My God. It was a, it was a total Photoshop job. How it was did hilarious. I miss that? It wasn't like painted on velvet. No, <laughs> no oh. it's not on velvet. Yeah. So, but but just to clarify this guy's version, his story, he didn't actually see any creatures, any human beings. From his reports, I, I, I can't tell. Yeah. He's, he somehow knows that they're from the future, 
but I, it does. I, I can't get a clear bead on if he did or did not see people. And this is the problem: is that his story has changed over time, uh-huh. and it's evolved, and details slip in and out of it. So it's really, you know, and and, and I'm using him. I, I feel bad for kind of making him the whipping boy here because he's just one of the ones whose story has changed. I mean, uh, Burroughs has evolved. Halt himself has gone on record and made a lot and made some claims about this whole incident. And so, I mean, these things just keep going. But but we're not done with Peniston, unfortunately. Oh, my God. All right. His story keeps going. Uh. Okay. So, within three weeks of their encounter with this craft, both Peniston and Burroughs are reported to have experienced difficulty walking, and this was from an inner ear and eye problems, evidently, and Peniston's gums turned white. No big deal. My gums are white all the time. Which, which, according to the article that I found this particular bit in, Mm. is a sign of heavy radiation exposure. Uh I will tell you right now, I I don't know how much time I spent trying to verify if heavy radiation exposure would change your the color of your gums. I found stuff saying, well, yeah, if you're getting chemo and radiation, your gums are going to be tender, but nothing said they would turn white. Yeah, I think that uh, if you've gotten enough radiation to turn his gums white, then he probably would be dead. I was just going to say, there's like very limited research on intense radiation exposure because most of those people just kind of die of exposure. You die from heavy radiation poisoning. Typically. Okay. Well, let's go to two days after Burroughs and Peniston encounter this craft. They get whisked away to Langley by the CIA. Oh, right on. that's not suspicious at all. Yeah, They were interrogated for days and they were told to give written accounts of what they saw and experienced. They then were given back those written accounts and those accounts were... Altered or Edited. sanitized, yeah. depending on how you want to want to describe it, mm-hmm. and then they were told to memorize them and only tell those versions, or else. Right on. I also have come across some stuff that says that while Peniston was at Langley, he was given truth serum, and I can't back that up. <laughs> Why not? But it does. Here's the thing. Okay, let's just for a second, let's go down the rabbit hole of the CIA grabs these guys from a base in the UK, brings them back home, and interrogates them, and pumps them full of drugs to try and find out what they know. Okay, well, if you're full of those drugs, and you're high as a kite for days on end, and you're being super interrogated, your mind is going to kind of go off kilter for a bit. Which, to me, is kind of an explanation of why he suddenly, in regression therapy, has these revelations. I saw these bright lights, and there was these people. Well, it was because there was some dude with a lamp shining in your face while you were on all, you know, sodium pentothal or whatever Although, it did just occur to me that... um... The stealth bombers that they developed, what are, the, what are those? They the are, 52? Yeah, they are triangular. Sort of, kind of. Sort of, kind of. But they're, they're a big wing. They're, they're flat. Yeah. Horizontally, mm-hmm. or vertically. 
for the most part. Right. I'm just saying. It just occurred to me. Yeah, never lot. I mean, you know, I think it's like one thing to be like, oh, well, crap, maybe they're like actually it was Langley testing some, you know, super secret something. They do that at Area 51. They, uh, usually, but like if they needed to take it across the sea or whatever, I don't know. Maybe it well, was the Brits testing it, something. But, but it, also, it's a good thing to remember that this is 1980. We're still in the Cold War. Yeah. Things are still going on. A lot of yeah. clandestine It was operations. the Nazi bell. Yeah, it could have been the Nazi bell. <laughs> well, I know that the, uh, the, uh, the stealth technology was being developed back then. And right. So there could have been prototypes, but... Even the um, the B two bomber is pretty huge. Oh, it's, it's gigantic! It's not six to nine meters no. or, or six to nine feet. And, right. And and the stealth fighter also is far bigger than that. Right. It's, honestly, when I see these reports and I I I, I listen to them. I have a couple of those little remote control quadcopter drones. Yeah. And they're covered in LEDs. Mm -hmm. And those things go all over the place and they flash and they, they are super agile. And it makes me think of those when I hear the reports about how these things moved and people are chasing them through the trees. And if you've ever watched somebody who's got one of those that's got the live camera on it flying in it. So oh, you mean watching, you? Yeah. No, I don't have the fancy one. Mm -hmm. I've got the cheapo. I bought mine on Amazon for way cheap dollars. But what I'm getting at is, yeah, I know that was a great phrase. But what I'm getting at is I've watched these guys, I've watched videos of these guys with really expensive ones and this is today. Those things are fast and they're agile and at night you have no idea what you're looking at. Because I've flown one at night in a field and I could see how somebody would go, oh my gosh, it's a UFO. Mm -hmm. but, That's part of the joy of it, yeah. But, but the military is always playing around with that stuff, so it could have been something like that. They could have had some sort of little drone thing, yeah, some radio-controlled drone. Yeah. yeah, and and we're kind of spilling over into the theories, which is great. Maybe we just need to, yeah. Theory. Yeah, yeah, I think we just need to keep going. Let's down. just do it. We jumped down the rabbit hole, so we're going to keep going. Uh, so, we're falling down a rabbit hole. So, yeah. So, are we on to theories now? The first theory that we've got is the Orford Ness Lighthouse. Yeah, it makes sense to me. That, that's kind of the one I'm leaning towards. So, we talked about this before. The lighthouse is five miles away from Bentwaters. It's out on the coast. Now, all of the, the everything starts at Woodbridge, which is the southernmost of the twin bases. Mm-hmm. But Bentwaters, it's from Bentwaters, the lighthouse is directly east. Okay. Or no, I'm, I'm sorry, I've got that backwards. It's not. It's directly east from Woodbridge, and it's southeast from Bentwaters. Got it. Got them reversed there. There's, uh, there's a local forester, and this guy's name is Vince Thurkettle. That's an awesome that name. That works. It is. It's kind of a Viking name to mm. me for some reason, the way it's spelled. But he says that the he, he's pretty adamant about the fact that the lights that these guys saw were at the edges of the forest and appeared to hover slightly above the ground and move are from that lighthouse. At the time, the Orford Nest Lighthouse was the second brightest lighthouse in Britain. Mm. And it had, and if anybody's into lighthouses, you'll get this, but basically this means it's super bright, is it was 5 million candles. Mm -hmm. That's extremely bright. Uh, the lighthouse had a shield on the backside of it so that it didn't, you know, light up the town constantly at night. Mm -hmm. But that shield only went so far. So from the forest... 
when you're to the south, you still see, or south of the lighthouse, you're going to still see the light. You just can't block it everywhere. I get like my mind is going on this theory now. And like, was, was the weather particularly different? I mean, would it explain why like on these two particular nights they would see these lights versus like not after or before? I mean, presumably it's not just like, it's not the weather. You just go out and you're just like, Oh wow. That's weird. We never noticed that light before. Oh, it's totally normal now. I get the feeling that these guys didn't go into the forest a whole lot. Okay. And the problem is this lighthouse is five miles away. So if you're in a depression, you don't see it. Well, the other thing is come up on a ridge and it's dancing through the trees. It's, it's, flashing by well the other thing we don't know is how long these guys had actually been at the base so if they were kind of new arrivals they were all young men yeah so i think the oldest of them was in his i think halt was the oldest and he was in his early 30s most of them were like 18 25 somewhere in there yeah what i'm saying those are the only two nights that they were ever in the forest is that what we're saying because that's the only way that i could see this theory being plausible they had no reason to go in the forest otherwise well but did they not like go back i mean was it not like everybody was like oh hey you know what let's go see if those lights are still there i mean that's for me you know it's like okay if if we're gonna say they were only there for two nights that's fine. I'm willing to go with this theory. I like it a lot. If we're if what we're saying is that literally the only time in the entire time that they were stationed at that base were the two nights. Those those were the only two nights they were in the forest. Then that's all. That's the only way I can see this being plausible. They they have no reason to go in the forest. They have sure. no reason to leave the base. Sure. And these guys are security. So they're U.S. Mm-hmm. Air Force security. Their job is to patrol. The, the fence. So we are saying that these would be the only two nights that they'd be in the forest. Yeah. All right. I am. I am. I'm, I'm on board then. That. Now, here's, here's more damning evidence against them that it might have been the lighthouse is if you listen to the halt tape, somebody in the background, you can hear him say, there it is again. There it is. And there's a there's that break that I just kind of simulated uh-huh. there of five seconds of five seconds, yeah. which is the same frequency that the Orford Ness lighthouse flashes at. Mm. Because of course every lighthouse has a unique pattern, so that you know which lighthouse you're looking at mm-hmm. from yeah. the sea. Right. And the Orford Ness was a steady light at every five seconds. Mm. If if it, there was a UFO in the area, they should have said. There's a consistent blinking light off in the distance, and here goes that other crazy light. Mm. Do you see where I'm heading here? Yeah. Like yeah. I should have described yeah. two lights at the same time. Mm-hmm. And in the the tape, Halt describes the light as seeming to be red. Yeah, that's not a problem. The color me. red. Yeah. Well, potentially it's not a problem. Except for when I did the research on the lighthouse, Mm -hmm. the bulb that was in the lighthouse at that time gave off a reddish orange glow. Yeah, that makes sense. And they've they've replaced it since then with mm -hmm. a mercury vapor bulb, I think is what it was. Yeah, sure. It was like an It doesn't matter what kind, but it it actually still kind of has an orange Mm -hmm. Tint well, to it, which I think is part of the class. And when you see lights at that distance, often they look red. I mean, you just look at stars, for instance, right? Often the stars look red because of the way that the atmosphere. The atmosphere also, you know, might depend on how often they clean the glass. Mm-hmm. Well, so exactly. Here's here's another bit. Halt normally worked out of Bentwaters and not Woodbridge. So from Bentwaters, where he is normally located, the lighthouse would have been to the southeast. 
But when he's at Woodbridge and he heads east into the forest, the lighthouse is going to be directly east of him. Mm. So whereas he's expecting to see the lighthouse south of him, it's not there. He's a little confused and thinks this foreign object is something crazy when it's actually something he should have recognized. Got it. Mm. I, I like it. I'm on board. Yeah, I'm going with the lighthouse. So we well, don't have to do any of the other ones, do we? It's well, nah. we kind of do. Uh... And, and actually, I've got one more nail to put into the coffin oh, of this. okay. There is a guy by the name of Ian Ridpath, and he does, has done a boatload of research about this incident. And he, using the details that he could pick up from the case, uh, from the tape, and from the records, he kind of tried to retrace their path through mm -hmm. the forest. Mm -hmm. And he came upon what seems like a likely location, because there's a farmer's field and house directly in front of him, and it's in wintertime, so there's no leaves on the tree, and off in the distance, through a break in the trees, guess what you see? The lighthouse. The lighthouse. That is exactly right. Here's one other thing. Uh, in the tape uh, and some of the stuff, they also report seeing multiple stationary red lights. Well, also out on the coast is the Orford Nest Transmission Station. Mm. It's, uh, it's two miles up the coast sure. from the lighthouse. It's five tall radio towers with red lights on them. Mm. Oh, of course. How do you know those radio towers aren't UFOs? You don't. You don't. Yeah, or the lighthouse for that matter. You don't. <laughs> you yeah. don't know. I mean, that lighthouse could be just a figment of your imagination. It's just hologram. the hologram. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, I know. We got to stop doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, let's go to another theory, which is that it is real aliens. Ooh, I didn't know Equally as plausible. No, I think it's more plausible. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. If it's real aliens, then what were they doing there? Dude, does it really matter? They were aliens. They well, can do what they want. It kind of does, because this is kind of interesting. They do what they want. They were zapping our nukes. Oh, that makes sense. Because mm -hmm. they, they, had, they had nukes at that base. So, yeah. They did, because at that base, uh, the 81st Fighter Interceptor Wing was housed there. The 81st Fighter Wing included, uh, if you're into airplanes, you're going to dig this, it is the F-101AC Voodoo Fighter. Well, the, oh, okay. It's a, it's a really fast plane with missiles. Awesome. The jet. Cool. Jet with missiles. Okay, yes. Well, this jet was set up to carry nuclear warheads, and they had a cup. They had two missiles that I found re information about, which is the low angle draft delivery and the low altitude bombing system. Mm. Basically, these are not high orbit. They are low altitude bombs. So basically, uh, uh, they're meant to be dropped from a jet. Yeah, it sounds like kind of suicide for the pilot, though. Well, that's the thing. These guys trained for long runs out from England, could potentially get into Russian airspace in a retaliatory response. Mm. They would go and drop their nukes and beat feet and hope to get out of the way. But know that they might not. But uh. know that they might not. Well, well that's, that's probably the point of the low-angle drogue delivery, So because... That would that would slow us descent, give you time to beat. Because it's a it's a parachute bomb. Yeah, it's a parachute yeah. bomb. Yeah. Well, it's like the Ostehagen key. 
The what? This doesn't matter. It's a nerd reference. People will get it. Okay. It's like the okay. Osahagen key. I mean, it's it's like humanity's last or America's last like salvation, right? Is that like during the Cold War, the theory would be that if, for instance, for whatever reason, the Soviets were like, all right, we're nuking America, America could send their last signal to their people in England and do that retaliatory thing right it's not meant to be survivable it's meant to be correct kind of yeah it's it's a last last ditch effort yeah yeah okay so we know that there are nukes on this base halton his men when they give their reports of this craft shooting up into the sky and taking off Mm -hmm. i don't know if you remember i talked about they reported it shooting laser-like beams towards the ground I don't know if I mentioned that part or not, but they did. Okay. And at one point, those those beams that it was shooting hit the base or near the base. Okay. I don't know which it is because this is just, again, this is one of those weird gray areas in the story. Sure. And like we just said, we know there are nukes on the base. There have been reports since the 1960s of unidentified objects in the sky, beaming lights into sites that are known to house nuclear weapons all over the globe. So the aliens are trying to protect us from the ourselves. Aliens are totally protecting us from okay. ourselves right. so I'm that we don't it. murder ourselves sure. like dingbats. Fair. Mm-hmm. Or it could be. Are there any reports of this happening in Russia? There China. are yeah, there are reports all over the globe. So I did I did look around for some stuff, and there is on U.S. soil, and evidently there's a, some on Soviet soil. Mm, okay, so, so it's we, not just us. Okay, yeah. so it's not them doing it to us either. So we should probably pull a few of those, those things out of storage and test them. Yeah, that was the one thing that I, I just kept wondering. Going, so would they admit that their nukes weren't working anymore? No, or not. Would they just scrap no. Them? no probably not. not tell no. us. Yeah. Uh, well, there's there's another aspect to this uh, this the aliens are real theory, and that would be the craft itself. Mm-hmm. Remember we talked about it's that triangular shaped craft that Devin was so up in arms about. Yes. Turns out, not the only time that kind of craft has been described. We all know we we've all seen the stuff that they're saucer shaped, they're flying saucers. Mm. But this pyramid shape has been described before. Yeah, I'm not you know I'm not bothered by a pyramid shape as aliens. I'm bothered as, of a pyramid shape as time travelers. Ah, good clarification. Just to make... that's that 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 makes it all okay. Actually, it doesn't really bother me for time travel. It's just like it's if for a, something that's going to like move through the atmosphere. It, it really wouldn't be too aerodynamic. Well, haven't you? Did you ever watch the TV show Stargate? Yeah, occasionally. All of all of their spaceships were pyramid shaped. Oh my god! All of them were pyramid shaped. Hmm. I can't even believe I went there, but I did. You did. I did. So let's get back to this. There's a reported case. This is in 1992, uh, in a village in Cyprus, which is the island in the Mediterranean. A man said he saw a UFO at close range hovering outside his front door. And when he went up to the the upper story of his house and he looked down on it, he described it as three meters per side. It was a low pyramid. And initially, the sides of the craft looked like hundreds of very small yellow lights 
which turned to red before it gained altitude and shot upward like a bullet. Okay. Mm. So the point that I'm making is the pyramid is not unique to this story only. Okay. Stargate aside. Okay. And then there's the theory that, well, this just might set our conspiracy theory friends into fits. Because mm. this whole thing could be one giant mix-up. Could be. Or it could be some guys on mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> also, yeah, bad could, could slop. Be, could be, could be. Let's let's break through this or walk through this thing and and look at the pieces of the puzzle that are here in front of us because it kind of makes sense. Okay. Oh, absolutely it does. But... So let's talk about the landing site. There were those three impressions left on the ground. Yeah, the, the mm. rabbit digging, right? Right. And I don't know if I mentioned, but I looked at the photos that were taken of the cast of those impressions. You did not? They look like nothing. They are just amorphous blobs in the ground. Okay. So... And were they at least consistent? No. Not at all? No, okay. they didn't look consistent to me at all. Mm -hmm. They look maybe an inch or so deep. They're very shallow. They're they're scallop-shaped on the bottom. They're full of, full of pine needle impressions. And the thing is, is that the photos of it are really hard to tell what they are because they're black and white photos. I've seen stuff that says that these impressions were made in frozen ground. I did look up the weather at that time in England, and the lows at night did go into freezing. Okay. So it's possible that the ground could have been frozen. Or at but, least hard. Or at least hard. But it, it doesn't look like anything. But I've also seen stuff that said that those three impressions were equally spaced from one each one another mm -hmm. so you know one point something meters apart so 9.8 feet apart yeah so they're each. perfect triangle which if that's real if that's really the distance is amazing for it to have been animal diggings but it does kind of look like it was just squirrels digging in the dander trying to find something to eat yeah, yeah, it could have been, uh, yeah, I mean, it could have looked roughly triangular, but just random animal stuff. Yeah, just very know. lucky. Yeah. The, the other things about the landing site is I talked about the, the that there were some burn marks on the trees. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those weren't burn marks, were they? They weren't burn marks because what the locals would do is when they would mark trees to be felled and harvested they would take an axe and they would scrape the bark and part of the tree uh the trunk or the wood mm -hmm. away well if you let enough time pass enough sap is going to turn come out and that's going to discolor in the air and it's going to give kind of a burned look. I yeah. mean, if you've ever seen a tree that's got a big scab on it and it's put out a bunch of sap and it gets kind of dirty and it gets cold, mm -hmm. it doesn't look like it's just part of the tree. It looks like something else. Yeah. And if they're harvesting trees in that area, that explains why there's so many broken branches. Yeah, man, yeah. it does. It's a very simple answer there. I, you know, and, and looking at the pictures of that area, it's like this very convenient open little field area in the middle of a forest, right? It's, it's not... just a natural opening in the trees. Yeah, it's just a nice little convenient 
you know, nine, ten, it's probably 11 feet by 11 feet wide. It's perfect for the eight, 9.8 foot triangle to like just kind of fit Settle in. in. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's very convenient. Yeah, they scoped that spot from across the galaxy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that looks like the perfect <laughs> There it is right there. Yeah. Fits like a glove. Yeah. I had mentioned earlier that some of the soldiers had reported strange noises. Yeah. Uh, there were uh, Burroughs reports, actually. He says there was a noise like a woman screaming uh, and that you could hear the farm animals making a lot of noise on those nights. Oh, you mean like animals do? Like actual animals? That's like not actually unusual, yeah. Uh, well, here's, here's the best part. <laughs> mm. In that forest... One of the creatures that is known to be in that forest, and I am going to butcher this pronunciation, so please help me out, is the muntjac deer. That's how I would say that. Close enough. The muntjac deer, which is known for having a strange, loud, shrill bark when it's startled. Mm. I kid you not, they call it the barking deer. Yeah, I mean, elk make those, like, really terrifying, like, loud whining <laughs> yeah. noises. Deer do something kind of similar sometimes. Mm-hmm. If you weren't used to it, and it was in the middle of the night, and you were already a little creeped out, yeah, I Yeah, you're, you're a yank, you know, you're not, yeah. you don't live around there, you know, yeah. you're, you're fresh, you know, fresh off the boat, mm-hmm. probably. And, yeah, yeah, you're, you're seeing gonna... weird lights, you hear a noise. Speaking of, speaking of strange animal noises, have you ever heard an, a howler monkey? Yes. They're oh, weird. Really Holy weird. crap, that's a scary sound. <laughs> that, anyway, that's off the subject. So off the subject. Totally. On to the subject is the next bit. We talked about radiation mm. a little bit earlier. I said I told you in the story that Halt took the radiation detectors with him when he was out and about in the woods. He reported a bunch of readings on the tape. The issue, though is that even though he was taking these readings, he was using, and this is this is the model, an AN-PDR-27 survey meter, which detects, evidently it detects gamma and beta radiation. Okay. The highest level reported by HALT is 7 tenths, which, when you translate that, corresponds to 0.07... Again, I'm going to have a hard time with this word. Milleront gens? Yeah, that word, per hour. Yeah. Um, Which is the lowest reading on the bottom range of that meter, which is also known as the 0.5 scale. Oh my gosh, you guys, there's 0% radiation here. It's so high. I know. Well, yeah, background radiation is everywhere. Yeah. And And that's the problem is background radiation. What they're picking up is background radiation, but the radiation detector that he took with him was not meant to pick up background radiation. It Uh was meant to be used around nuclear equipment, so its normal base reading should have been about 10 times that. So Mm. it wasn't a valid piece of equipment to be setting a baseline of abnormality against. Sure. So there's a problem with what he used. Yeah, absolutely. There's a problem with what he found, too, right? Exactly. Background radiation. Cool. So the next thing we've got is, in this whole mix-up theory, is the lights in the sky. Yeah. 
if you remember at the beginning of this, which has been a while now, yeah. we talked about that there were lights in the sky and a lot of people not at the base, but just people in the country were reporting lights in the sky well, on that's the 25th why they, of December. That's Those why are they called like stars, man. That's why they initially went out to the forest, right? It's because there were they, Well, they saw something. Right. Yes, that's absolutely correct. Here's the thing. At 9 o'clock on December 25th. That's p.m., correct? P.m. in England. The upper stage of a Russian rocket, which had evidently launched the Cosmos 749 satellite, re-entered the atmosphere. That rocket broke up. 200 people report, over 200 people reported this thing coming through the atmosphere. It came in in six pieces, which then fragmented into over 20 pieces that people watched streaming through the atmosphere that night. Then at 2.45 in the morning on the 26th, so 2.45 a.m., a meteor was also recorded as coming into the atmosphere and witnesses said it was as bright as the moon and was had an unusually long duration of three to four seconds because shooting stars are usually they're yeah, gone they're, they're just that and fast. they're high too they're really high this one evidently burned hard mm. came low mm. and burned long yeah that does happen i saw a fireball once when i was a teenager Oh, they're they're kind of creepy. You, yeah, you immediately yeah. kind of think like, no, that's not that's nope. That's not what's something. supposed to be. No, nah. that's too close. It's burning. No. <laughs> yeah, it was it was weird. Uh, luckily, I was with some other people because you know otherwise I would have doubted my sanity. But right. we, we all were going, whoa, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was... No, I mean I've I've experienced something similar. You know, just, yeah. just during like meteor showers, even normal meteor showers, you see that one and you're just like, is it a space alien or no? No, I'm not. No, it's fine. Yeah, Everything's it's, fine. It's, it's strange to watch them when you can actually see them disintegrate mm-hmm. and break mm-hmm. up. Yeah. yeah. So that's there's one more piece to the mix-up story. Remember I talked about the uh, MOD file? Yeah. All right. Under the Freedom of Information Act in 2001, the MOD file was released. <laughs> the MOD file. It was Christmas lists. Pro- pr- provided a whole bunch of internal correspondence about the event and also, oh, oops, uh, responses to media requests mm. about the incident. Yeah, they probably There was nothing there. Yeah. Mm. Which, you know... Makes you wonder why they held on to it for so long. Because well, they, they have to. Yeah, they have to. Well, what I mean is, I, I, I don't mean held why on to it. Why they didn't disclose it. Why they didn't disclose it. Because they're the MOD, it's and easier. they don't disclose anything if they don't have to. It's easier it, to just wait. Yeah. It is. And it probably, for, for, for them, again, it was more fun to just sit back and watch the conspiracy theorists go <laughs> crazy. You know, That's and, probably and, why I will never be able to work for the government, is because I would do that. I would be like, oh, yeah, you guys want this file? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, it's classified. Yeah, yeah, it's it's people have gotten a little upset because this kind of proves, and the skeptics are pretty happy about it, mm-hmm. it proves the MOD never took this thing seriously. Yeah. They didn't do any investigation. Yeah. Exactly. Said, you Yanks are idiots. Yeah. Go home. So that is the mix-up theory. 
Okay. There's one final theory, and uh, I know you can't believe this is still going on. Devin has given me the, we're not done yet. Wrap it up. But there is one final theory, which is the whole thing was a hoax. Okay, that been. makes sense, I guess, kind of. For sure. So was it right? aliens putting on a hoax or what? It was a U.S. Airman. Ah. There is a U.S. Airman by the name of Kevin Condi, is yeah, that? Condi, Condi. Condi? Condi. Condi. Okay. Well, he was also a security detail. He was also on security detail, just like Penniston and Burroughs. And what he says is on the night that Halt and his men went out into the woods, he says, I drove my patrol car out of sight from the gatehouse, turned on the red and blue emergency lights, and pointed the white flashlights up through the mist into the air. Mm -hmm. He then supposedly drove around the edge of the forest to mess with his buddies, which I gotta tell you, I can actually see a military guy who's a young guy screwing with his buddies doing. Mm -hmm. Sounds the, like fun. The only the only thing about his story is that he put out the story, and then not too long after it, he retracted it. I would too. Are you kidding me? I mean, like really, truly, like I would too. Like if your bosses were like, "Oh yeah, you're responsible for this." Hey, maybe that's not a great idea. Maybe we should just let everybody think it's aliens. Like, seriously? Like, you were just, like, goofing off on, like, company time with company material? Oh, no. Like, see, his report, he gave it to the media. Yeah, he no. Didn't, he didn't release it That's what I'm saying, though, early. is that, like, if he released it to the media and then his boss was like, so, really? You're screwing around? He yeah. would be like, actually, yeah, maybe media. Just kidding. I was just kidding. He no. Re he released his report. <sighs> like 2003 or 2008 oh. or something and then he retracted so this it. is like i still would plus years i'm just later. saying like even then like if langley called you up and was like hey maybe no and he was like oh yeah just kidding see no. that's the thing i don't think langley or the the air force would have called up and said hey maybe you shouldn't do that i i would could envision that more of them calling him and saying you need to retract that and you need to do it now, or there's going to be some negative repercussions. Right. I mean, that, for but, me, it's but the same. I'm well, taking it I'm in that, that really conspiratorial my, sure. way. And like, you're not. And well, no, my description is just like the way that I would say it. But why would they want him to retract it? I don't know. Because it makes a jackass out of everybody in the U.S. Air Force who was involved in this thing. So. <laughs> and it makes a jackass out of the U.S. Air Force. Mm, not in the Air Force, really. I mean, it's just, just this is just a handful of guys on a, on a base in Britain. That's true, but... It just ballooned. The sum of the parts mm. make the whole. So one leads to the other. I, I don't know. I don't know. Mm. I think it's probably the lighthouse. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Joe? I, I'm leaning towards a, maybe a combination of the lighthouse and, and a prankster. It's always a possibility. I And I and, personally just... I have to lean towards the giant misunderstanding because of all the parts and pieces. So yeah. this is one of the few where we're completely divided, we are. Yeah. which is yeah, great. Yeah. Well, I think I think any of those those things, aside from the aliens zapping our nukes, I think any of those <laughs> it's are funny as can be. Though yeah, I, think I think it's think, good. Yeah, I know. I think the uh, I, I think the aliens want us to nuke each other so that way they can move in and you know build new subdivisions here, new alien subdivisions, have all this. Well, if they if room. they like radioactive housing, then yeah, well, why don't they just mm -hmm. bomb us themselves? Uh, how do you know the aliens don't like radiation? Maybe they might thrive on it. Yeah, maybe that's their food. That's what I'm yeah. saying is if they like radiation, then they would just bomb us themselves, sure wouldn't they? they? Would. Nah, that's 
necessarily. I mean, it, it's they might they might have this thing going where they feel like, well, if we nuke them ourselves, we're gonna feel kind of guilty. Oh my god, so. what is happening right now? Yeah, that is okay. Yeah, that, yeah. that's weird. We're, yeah, we're right. getting well, way those, out there. Those are our thoughts. <laughs> That's all the theories. <laughs> let's 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 end this now before we get even farther down the rabbit hole. Obviously, you're listening to this show right now, and you have probably found it on iTunes, as the majority of people do. When you're on iTunes, if you could take the time to leave a comment and a rating, that would be great. Helps other people find the show. A lot of the, not all of it, because there's just so much of it, but a lot, a, a number of research links are going to be on the website. And you can also listen to this episode on the website as well, or any past episode. Website, of course, is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. If you want to be friends with us and you want to see any of the other stuff that we put out, you can find us on Facebook. So we've got the Facebook page and we've got the Facebook group. We are also on Stitcher, so if you're on the go and you want to listen, you can listen to us through Stitcher. Uh, we're also on TuneIn and a number of the apps that are out there. We also, though we don't use it a whole lot, we have the Twitter account. That's right. Oh, yeah. Which is Thinking Sideways, so you can find us on Twitter. Oh, I, I, and I almost forgot. Uh, I just talked about the, the website, and it just dawned on me. Uh, there is a link on the right-hand side of the website for a brief survey. So if you've got a couple of minutes, if you could take that survey, that would be great. Yeah, we'd really yeah. love it if you do that. Yeah, please, that'd please, be please. great. Yeah. Would you please? Yeah. Uh, we've all. If you want to send us an email because you've got a story idea, you've got thoughts, you've got disagreements. Or you want to tell us how awesome we are. Or you're an alien. Yeah. Send us an email. Yeah. That email address is thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. And I believe that's all the important details that our, our lovely listeners need to need to know. Is that you guys have any other? Did I miss anything here? No, I think we're good. Okay, great. Yeah, I, think, I think we're covered. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess with that, we should probably wrap this up. Yeah, geez. Sort of gone on long. <sighs> anyway, if you if you're a triangular alien spacecraft, please contact us. Or, We'd love or to get an email from you. If you're listening in the future, yeah, our our email address will stay live forever. So if you're finding us in the future and you are a time traveler, if this is the year twenty three thousand fifty two, what? That's when we'll have time travel, right? Oh yeah. And that's a real date. No, actually, I, I was contacted by a guy from the future. <laughs> but he told us that thinking sideways is huge in the future. We are considered, we're almost like Aristotle and, and Socrates uh, in the future. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like, how do you respond to that? I know, I know. The, uh, yeah, it just shows you how far the human race is going to degrade. Mm. All right. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a bad Keanu Reeves movie. With yeah. that, we're going to get out of here. So we will talk to you next week. And thanks a lot, ladies and gentlemen. Toodaloo. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K, dude.